What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Marshall Time. Christmas time is here. Hoping everybody's enjoying the holiday season. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. What's going on, bro? What's up, bro? Happy holidays, man. Best time of the year. Yeah, yeah. Christmas time is for, for basketball fans. You already know Christmas Day, five games that we locked in. So I'm, I'm excited about that. We're going to talk about some teams that are on that slate for sure. But some NBA action. The big story right now is what happened last night in New Orleans. The return of John Morant, star Grizzlies guard, first game in 25 games. And, uh, I mean, he put on the show 34 points, eight assists, six rebounds in the game when it shot. So just, you know, watching it, seeing what Ja was able to do, um, just your your initial thoughts from, from what happened last night. I was impressed, man, because, you know, we haven't <laughs> played in like eight months. Um, we know that Ja, you know, he's a, you know, freak athlete. You know, he's a phenomenal basketball player. But I was impressed that he was able to come out and give his full energy for a whole basketball game. You know, like it's easy for guys to look tired, look fatigued when their first game back after being off for some time. But he said he was putting in work and it showed, man. He said he's been working every day and we could see it on the court. And it was just huge for them to come back like that. They were down by like 20 at one point in that game and then they made a crazy run and they just ended up winning the game. That was a good game. Like that was good basketball. Like, especially for a regular season game in December, that was good basketball. B.I. was going off. Um, Desmond Bain had some good buckets. Even Jaren had some good buckets down the stretch. And then Ja just, you know, he he did what he, what he you know, is called to do. You know, he ended the game on his terms. So that was fun to see. It's going to be interesting to see how the Grizzly season play out because they were doing terrible before he got back. But them getting a win like that on the road versus the Pelicans team, who was going to be a playoff team, that was good for them. So hopefully they can keep that momentum going because, you know, it's always going to be exciting to see Ja in the playoffs. It was just fun to see, man. I mean, Ja is one of those those guys that when you watch it on the TV screen or you're in person, it just it just jumps out at you. Right. And to have one of the NBA's bright young stars come back, you know, and locked in and ready to go. Obviously, he had his off the court situation. Hopefully that's behind him now. And I think most all NBA fans, they truly love, love the game. They want to see him doing well off the court, right, and being able to, to display his talents. And so that was just good to see overall, just in general. Um, and to do what he did is not easy, as you said. Basketball shape versus, like, everyday shape is different. You could think you're in shape just walking around compared to the average person. But even, even basketball training shape versus an actual game, full court, like locked in full speed. Like it's a difference from training in the gym by yourself or with a couple of people with the trainer versus playing at the highest level against guys who have been playing <laughs> since the regular season started. For him to obviously he had to pace himself early on, ease himself into it. It didn't seem like he forced anything. He was just trying to get his rhythm back. But for him to do what he did last night is not easy. And so just just goes to show you how special of a talent and a natural ball player he is. You know, I, I, when I first saw Ja play coming out of Murray State, there's, there's never been a, you know, my favorite player of all time is Allen Iverson. And so I'm real selective on who I even mention next to him. Like, they're, they've been mentioning a lot of names next to AI, and I'm not, I, I just never feel it. I'm like, nah, they're great. It's not him. It's, there's a difference. When I see Ja, he was the first player I've ever seen, and it made me say, huh. I could see AI. Like, I see it. Just the 
the energy that he's been able to bring to that franchise and to the city of Memphis. That's what AI did with the Sixers in Philly, the whole area, the whole Delaware Valley. And that's what Ja has been doing for that franchise. Actually living in Memphis and seeing it firsthand, like it's, it's, that's what it is. To be his height, <clears throat> he's not the biggest guy. And to do what he does, playing above the rim, electrifying the crowd, it's AI. Like that's what it is. That's that's what I see. And so to me, watching Jazz always it always brings back memories to when I was younger and watching AI growing up. So I, I I'm just always going to enjoy and root for Ja Morant's success. And so I hope he keeps his head on straight. And um we'll see. I think Memphis is better with Ja, obviously, because now Desmond Bain doesn't have to be number the number one guy. Jaron Jackson doesn't have to be the number one guy, right? Those guys can step back and be secondary options and flow within the offense without any added pressure. Now they have a closer, right? You saw what Ja did. He closed. And so that's what it does for a team like Memphis. The other guys can assume their proper positions in the hierarchy. And so we'll see what they do. They have, what, seven wins right now? So um, I think a top six spot is I don't think they're going to jump that far ahead. But maybe playing situation, we'll see. We'll see. It's a lot of basketball left. And so that, I think that'll be an exciting thing to watch in the second half of the season. And that's another thing we'll talk about, two things we're looking forward to. The other game last night, Warriors-Celtics. Warriors pulled it out without Draymond Green. Obviously, he suspended indefinitely. But, Steph, 33 points last night. And a lot of the talk today, and this is a conversation that I've been thinking about to myself and that I've had with people as far as where do we rank Steph Curry all time. And for me, Steph made top 10. I might have told you this before in another show. Steph, Steph entered my top 10 when he beat the Celtics, when the Warriors beat the Celtics a couple of years ago for the championship. For me, seeing what he did, you can no longer say, oh, we had KD. KD wasn't there. Clay Thompson isn't the Clay we, we knew. So that championship, that was Steph. Andrew Wiggins played great, obviously, defensively. He did an amazing job. But what Steph Curry did at the Garden, shutting that crowd up, letting them know what time it was, I mean, it was special. And I think what people need to realize is Steph is 35 years old. He's 6'2". LeBron's doing it, and what he's doing is amazing. He's a freak of nature, right? 6'8", chisel. But Steph is 6'2", 185. I can't recall a 35-year-old small guard competing at this level because we've seen D-Wade at 35. You know, we've seen – I've seen AI at 35. Isaiah Thomas – at 35, usually go back and look at even guys you may may not have been able to see live. You can go back in their stats and look at where they were at age 35, 65 and below. And it's not this is this is different. And so for me, Steph is a planet in the top 10 conversation. Now, who you want to take out. That's a whole nother conversation because it all comes down to preference. But for me, what he's doing. To be the best shooting. To be the best shooter ever to be arguably the top two point guard ever between him and magic to me, that lands you in the top 10. So that's, that's where I stand. And if he wins another championship or two before his career is all said and done, we got to talk top five. Um, but right now I think top 10 is for me, it's stamped. Yeah, I agree hundred percent, man, because I'm gonna be honest, like before that Celtic series, I wasn't sold on him being top 10, like top 20 for sure. But that Celtic series, it stamped them top 10 because to me, that was like the finals where, yeah, 
he's that dude. Like we knew Curry was that guy, but when you look at the top ten, all everybody in the top ten had that moment throughout their career where they were like in the finals. Yeah, this was him. Like they mm-hmm. won mainly because of him. I really never could say that about Steph because even early on before KD, we know the Cavs teams were hurt, and we know Curry didn't even play the best on his team a lot of those games. Like he had cool numbers, but it wasn't the Steph numbers that we were used to. But that Celtics series, seeing him go against a great defensive team in Boston, a, a young, hungry team, a well-coached team, and just seeing him put the Warriors on his back. And, of course, he had assistance from Wiggins, Jordan Poole. You know, people were helping. But at the end of the day, he was hitting the big shots. And he was playing deep, too. Like, he was doing it on both ends. A lot of people don't give him credit for that. But he's improved so much as a defender. And he's gotten stronger. He's bulked up, you know. So that's helped him play better defense, too. But um, just the way Curry has improved over his career, he's definitely top 10. Um, I'm not ready to put him top five yet. There still is room for him to be top five, though, because like you said, if he wants another ring or two, and you know, and it's in a fashion that's like, yo, he was he was really killing it. Yeah, you might got to put him in the top five just because of how he's changed the game so much. Um, but it's just amazing to see him doing it at this age. Like people, like if you play basketball, you know, once your legs go. It's hard to shoot, especially in the NBA. They're shooting from deep. You know what I mean? So it's it's real hard. But, you know, he's so skilled. And he practices and he works so hard. So it's just amazing to see. Same thing with KD, too. KD's still killing at this age. You know what I mean? It's just impressive to see all these guys still balling at this age, man. I'm, You know, I, I think you guys are kind of jealous, some of you older players, because like you said, when AI and them and all these other players, even T-Mac, when they were getting old, they was looking crazy out there. You know what it's I mean? Different. They yeah. were these teams like the Pistons and the Spurs, yeah. even yeah. Shaq. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Celtics just looking crazy. Yeah. But I'm, I got a chance to see Curry still. He's been with the same team his whole career, and he's still the best player on that team, still top five in the league. So yeah. it's just real cool to see. Yeah, I mean, the con- we talk about, you know, what LeBron's done and taking care of his body, but Steph, Steph's been on the same track. I mean, he's gotten stronger. Like, he's he- – dedication to his body and craft is just right up there. And I think with Steph is special because yeah, his dad was Del Curry and played in NBA. He grew around it, but that doesn't guarantee success. That doesn't guarantee a hunger. And so he was overlooked in high school. He had to go to Davidson. He was overlooked in some ways. I mean, the Timberwolves drafted Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn back to back. You know what I mean? Steph Curry was right there on the board. And so even when he first started out in the league, he had the ankle issues. There were questions about that. It was Monte Ellis was there. And so it was a question of who do we go with, right? And so Steph, I still feel like has that chip on his shoulder that he still feels like that underdog. And I think that's what's really driving him to tap into different levels of his game. And the fact that, you know, growing up, it was always anybody who was a great shooter, you couldn't really dribble, couldn't really handle the rock. And so now we're seeing a guy who can shoot from anywhere, but also his handle was just as good as his shot in some ways like he can handle with the best of them right and so to see that combination and now we're seeing some of these guys now who are playing in the pros and even kids growing up now they're playing that style of ball right they they have the handle but also they're trying to shoot from Steph range nobody's trying to dunk like Mike right now everybody's trying to shoot it like Steph and handle like Steph and so there's all there, there's a few in the book of basketball Steph would have his own chapter not everybody has that chapter in their book. Like Mike has that chapter, right? <laughs> like Magic has that chapter. Um, obviously, Will and Bill Russell, they, those guys, they have that chapter. Kareem. But Steph has his own chapter. 
just because of how he's revolutionized today's game. And so to me, man, if he wins two more titles for some, I'm not saying it's going to happen because I don't know what the Warriors are going to do going forward or if Steph is going to move somewhere else. But if Steph wins another ring or two, and he's the main reason why, he's already 35. If we're talking about if Steph is still putting up these numbers at age 37 and 38, we might have a conversation. Because if that's the case, then his team is a contender, you know? So um, I'm just enjoying it. I don't know how long this is going to last, but he's 35 years old. I think people don't realize how old he is and how special this is. So what LeBron's doing and what Steph are doing, it's not like it's different. And so I just wanted to give, uh, you know, a shout out to Steph and see where we stand with that. Okay, looking ahead to 2024. Not quite at the second half of the year, but once you get into January, February, all-star break, trade deadline, this is where things start picking up. So what are some storylines that you're looking at um, overall, whether it's, you know, player moves, certain teams looking to make a jump or just, yeah, what what are some storylines, some notes that you have that you're going to be looking ahead to January, head into the all-star break and trade deadline? Well, we already talked about um, the Grizzlies trying to get back mm-hmm. into the playoff race, so that's going to be one. Um, another one for sure is the Sixers. Mm-hmm. They'll go off to a great start. Um, we're seeing the team play well, and Bede is playing at a historic level. Like he's gotten better than last year. You know what I mean? This is the best mm-hmm. I've ever seen him play. And I always knew he was a, a capable passer, but I felt like he was too reluctant and he was too hesitant when the double team came. He waited too long. Mm-hmm. But now you really see him moving the ball. And I, I give a credit to Nick Nurse. And I feel like Nick Nurse has came in and changed his mindset on playing ball and how mm-hmm. you should play. You know, you don't have to get every bucket. He's still a scoring machine, still a monster, but, you know, he's getting dimes. He's been close to triple doubles a lot this year. Yeah. He's back rebounding well. Um, so that's just great. But we need, like I said, I've been saying this all along, we need a 3 and D guy. Okay. I feel like we have enough scoring with Maxi and then B and Tobias when he wants to show up. But we need a 3 and D guy because in the East, we got to. We gotta be able to stop some of these wings and some of these guards that are that we're gonna be facing. So um I think that's key. Um, that's one of the storylines I wanna see. Also, I wanna pay I'm looking at the Clippers too, because they're looking good right now, man. But you know how I feel about Harden. I can't I can't buy into the playoff performances from him. But I will say, I mean, he's playing with Kawhi, who is my guy, and I know when healthy he's gonna show up nine times mm-hmm. out of ten on the court. So I'm interested to see how they do because they're having fun right now. Like they're the chemistry is going, they're playing good. We're not hearing too much drama about who's getting the last shot, who's getting who's coming. You know, they brought Russ off the bench and he's bought in. You know, he hasn't made any problems, he hasn't caused any drama about it. PG is playing well. The biggest concern for them is health, but they've been healthy this year. And we talked about this before the season started. They're actually buying into playing every game. You know, they're mm-hmm. not taking days off, they're playing every game. They were even playing in the preseason. So that's just a, that's two storylines I want to look at, man. I'm really interested in both of those teams. Hopefully, one of them can go to the finals and finally get over that hump. Hopefully, it'll be the Sixers. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, the Clippers. I mean, look, Kawhi coming up from San Antonio to Toronto, like he was consistently my favorite player in the league, and he's still been my favorite player. Him and Steph has just been alternating. You know, just my favorite guys is just watching just how they approach the game. Um, Joel obviously being a Sixers fan, but. Kawhi has always been that guy to me, man. He, to me, he was just a per- the perfect player. Now, maybe not the best in the league, you, you know, but at his best, there really wasn't a weakness, honestly. Like, that 2019 Kawhi was one of the best players I've ever seen. Like, like that playoff run, like, he didn't miss. 
I, like every shot I expected it to go in. There's no wasted movement offensively. Like defensively, we already know what he's about. And so if they can get that Kawhi to where he's locked in every game and he's really um, tapping into what he was before, man, that's a scary sight because 2019 Kawhi to me was just a robot. And the fact that they have a guy like Kawhi, if he's playing at a high level, I don't worry about James Harden so much because I think Kawhi is going to say Kawhi is a I think Kawhi is a strong enough talent and personality to which he's low key. But at the end of the day, you know whose team it is. You know who to give, can give the rock to. You know what I mean? And so if there wasn't a Kawhi on this team and it was PG, Harden and Russ, I would have questions. Right. But the fact that Kawhi is there. As long as he's healthy and there's that consistency, Kawhi uh, locked in and, and healthy. Kawhi is a top five player. Some people may not want to say it or believe it because he's so low key and he's not flashy, but not too many guys have checked the boxes of all basketball skills like he has. Like he's not going to why you with the handle, but he can handle it. He's not going to why you with his shot, but his shot, it, like it's, it's a good form. Like it's not, yeah, it's a good form. It's not broke. <laughs> it, go, it, it goes in. Mid-range is on point. The footwork is on point. Defensively, he's on point. And so when you have a guy like that, you have a chance. The storyline in the in the Western Conference, I'm looking at can the T-Wolves and Thunder sort of hold on to their top two spots, right? Coming into it, you know, I expected it to be sort of, will it be a change in the guard or will the older teams, the older guys, will they still have one last run of them? The Stephs, right? The the LeBrons and the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns with KD and Bill. And so now you're looking at the standings, it's T-Wolves and Thunder, who the Thunder I was actually high on, but to see what they're doing, Denver's in third. So I'm interested to see if there'll be a push from the Lakers, the Clippers and the Suns. That's what I want to see. Can these younger teams up top stay afloat or will some of these veteran teams with the LeBrons, the Kawhis, the PGs, and the Hardens, and the Westbrooks, and the Suns, can they get their act together? Can they sort of make that push? So that's one thing I'm, I'm looking forward to. And the deadline, I, I want to see if the Sixers make a move. Um, Embiid and Maxi are the two, obviously. Love Kelly Oubre and what he's brought to the team. I could stand for an upgrade over Tobias Harris because I know where this I know where this goes with him in the playoffs. I know what it is. Tobias, to me, is a guy to where – Yes, the averages are solid. You look at his averages, he's a solid player. Throw out the contract because that is what it is. Like, there's <laughs> nothing you can do about it. You look at his numbers, solid player. He's not horrible. But he's a guy to me where when you really need him, he doesn't show up. He shows up. He'll have good games where it's like, we didn't need that then. But when you really, when, when Embiid's out or somebody's in fouls, whatever, when you need to be the guy to step up, he's not there. And we need that type of guy to be the third option. And Tobias, to me, has never been that guy. And he won't be that guy. He's a solid player. No offense, but it's just reality of the situation. And so when it comes to, to me for the Sixers, can they beat Boston in the series? Embiid is the key for them. Like Because, he, because we have Embiid, because they have Embiid, they have a chance. But to me, this Boston thing, I think it's a, like they just have this mental edge over them. I don't know what it is, but I think it's real. I really do. And until they get over that hump, I have a hard time thinking they'll get past Boston. And then Milwaukee has Giannis and Dane. Giannis is a different animal. Giannis has been there. We've seen Giannis make a, make a championship run. I've seen it. And so 
I want to see him be taken to that next level mentally and emotionally, not complaining about fouls, right? Getting back on defense because that's pissing me off too. I don't need to see that in the playoffs. Like get back on defense, like, oh, well, figure it out. You know what I mean? Like these are the things that separates an all-star from a championship player. And Joel is a great player, but he isn't a champion yet. That's just, that's just facts. You got to get out of second round first. I saw AI take no respect to these guys, but it's just what it is. Eric Snow, Aaron McKee, Rajah Bell, George Lynch, Matt Geiger, Todd McCullough to the finals. And they beat some quality teams, teams with Vince Carter, Ray Allen. You know, like these are quality teams. So I don't want to hear the excuses. The way that you're dominating right now, keep that same energy against Miami. Keep that same energy against Boston. Keep it against Milwaukee. Until then, I'm silent. Like, what you're doing, you should be doing that against the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks and the Wizards. You know what I mean? Like, but to me now as a fan, and as just as I'm talking about this, this is a Sixers fan talking now. You're no longer going to fool me from the regular season, right? Because how many second-round exes have we seen, bro? Like, Ben Simmons isn't there anymore. Doc Rivers isn't there anymore. You can't blame anybody else. You know what I mean? And so I got to see that championship mentality from Joel and B. I have to. To me, that's the next step for him, and I, I got to see it. Can it be done? Yes, but will it be done? I don't know yet. Um, I want to see where Laurie Markkinen goes and if he goes anywhere. I think Laurie Markkinen can shift things in the NBA. I really think he can. There's talk that Utah is putting him on the table, and they want like a boatload of picks, like five first-rounders. Danny Ainge gets – look, Danny Ainge, is, he's, he's pulled the fleece over a few teams, right? Um, the Sixers being one of them, and, the, and the, we got Fultz and they got Tatum. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the Thunder is a team mentioned that they have a boatload of picks. Listen – if I'm the OKC Thunder, I got like 20 picks anyway, right? I can't use them all. Imagine SGA, Jalen Williams, Chet, you know all the guys they got with Laurie Marketing. That, to me, you had a guy like Marketing who can give you 30 on any given night to that roster. That makes things interesting in the Western Conference for me. I think the Thunder, if they, if they add a Marketing, yeah, Western Conference Finals, I think that would be their ceiling to me. And so marketing is the name I have my eye on. I know everybody talks about Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Pascal Siakam. I want to see where marketing goes. That's 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 where I'm at with that. Um, and also, I want to see how um, my favorite rookie now, outside of the, the big names, my favorite rookie is in, is in D.C. right now, Bilal Koulibaly. I like him. Like, I think they got one. Yeah, they're a joke right now, but to me, the rest of this year should be about giving him the rock and letting him just play through his mistakes and explore his game, figure it out. Like, Jordan Poole is not the future. They probably they got to get rid of him. Kuzma is not the future. To me, Bailao Kulabali is the guy. Like, just every game I see him now, he's just improving and improving and improving. Like, even with the ball, like, He's showing more than I thought he would ever have. I didn't think he would be able to be the type of score that he's that he's shown to be. And so um, 
let him develop those skills on the ball and gain that confidence because I don't know what I don't know what his ceiling is. I really don't. Like he can he can be a perennial all-star. That's how high I'm I am on Bilal Fulabale. So yeah. Those yeah. are the things I'm forward to. Bilal, the Bilal has been balling. Um he's definitely a great rookie. You know what I mean? He has he still has, you know, work he has to work on his game, but the talent flashes when you watch the Wizards play. And it's crazy because the Wizards, like we talked about this before, man. It's supposed to be Poole and Kuzma running the show. And Kuzma actually does his thing most nights. Poole just be stinking it up. But Bilal is like, you know, he's been this the most impressive player on the team from an expectation standpoint. Um, as far as the Thunder, I'm excited to see them in the playoffs, man. I'm excited to see them because they're going to give teams real problems. And, like, to me, they're not going to be underdogs, if you ask me. Like, people might count them as underdogs because it's going to be the first time there. But SGA is ready. Like he's ready. Like he went into Denver and did what he did. So listen, he's ready. If the, this playoff, if he goes on a good playoff run right here, we might got to put him top five in the league because yeah. he's averaging thirty for the second year in a row. If you ask me, he's one of the he's KD's always going to be considered the best scorer because of his height, mm. but pound for pound, SGA might be the best scorer, bro. Pound for pound, like when you think about everything. Mm. everything at his height like he's not short but he's not 6'10 yeah he's still 6'6 he's not the strongest guy but just the way he uses his footwork his mid-range is on point he can knock down like he's a great three-point shooter he just doesn't rely on it Mm. but if you leave him open he will hit it and he's clutch Mm. there's no we do it with both hands i don't there's no really way there's no way to guard him like when he scores under 30 points, I'm surprised because that's how good he is. Like, he's a walking 30. You know what I mean? So I'm just excited to see how he um how he's going to do in the playoffs, man. And the Thunder, too. Like, Chet, a lot of guys were low on Chet. I like Chet. Like, I thought he was going to be good. People had concerns about his weight, and it's a real concern. But like I said before, most of these centers don't be in the paint banging anyway. They want to shoot threes. You know, they want to just set pick and pops. They don't want to post you up all game. He's getting like six blocks, seven blocks some games. It's crazy. So I'm just excited to see them for sure. If they get Lori, that's going to be real, real crazy because he's been balling. He's going to fit right into that team because he can shoot, he can defend, and he's he's tall. You know what I mean? So I can't wait to see them in the playoffs. Man, OKC, they were my favorite, one of my favorite teams to watch last year, right? And so coming into this year, I had the expectations of a playoff team. But now, I mean, number two seed, why not? Why not say they can make a Western Conference Finals run, right? Because they have they have the star player in SGA, who is a closer. They have the surrounding pieces that just click. They have a connector in Jalen Williams, who I think people are going to realize come playoff time that he's an all-star talent as well. And they have a belief. You can watch it. Like, they have a confidence about themselves. They enjoy playing with each other. They, they enjoy playing the game, and they believe in themselves. And that's what we're seeing with OKC. They're unlocking so much confidence and so you got teams. I mean, look at the play. The playoff picture is just wild in the Western Conference, right? Like the Suns are in playing territory. The, the playing could be crazy. You could be looking at the Lakers and Suns in the playing. I mean, we don't know how it may play out, but with the injuries and who knows with the Lakers, they're so inconsistent. I don't know, but it's in the realm of possibility. And right. And so there's so many question marks with these teams in the Western Conference. I think when it comes down to a, to the playoffs, matchups and health. That's what it's going to come down to. You know, I still think Denver is going to make the Western Conference Finals. I'm not going to just say they're done because, to me, they have they have the Joker. You know, they have Jamal Murray. They have Aaron Gordon. Like, they have a team. 
And so having that experience of already making the championship run, to me, I think they're going to find a way to make the Eastern, the Western Conference Finals. And so then it's like, okay, who's who's filling that next spot? And who knows? Right now, the top team, this transition to our next segment, the top team in the West right now is the Timberwolves. They play the Sixers tonight. I want to give the Minnesota Timberwolves their credit. They're playing well. They're playing really good basketball, right? To me, the key is how Anthony Edwards has elevated that team, right? Because we talked about it with Ja. Anthony Edwards has that same impact. Like, there's those guys that just, when they're on the floor, they elevate their teammates just with that energy. And when they're locked in, there's a belief, there's an energy that just translates throughout the rest of the team. And when he's dialed in, they're dangerous, right? Um, they're having a great year defensively with, with Rudy Gobert and Anthony Towns and McDaniels. They have a veteran point guard and Mike Conley. And so for me, I give props to what they're doing. I want to see it in the playoffs. To me, with both the Timberwolves and the Sixers, they, they play tonight. I'm excited to see it. I'm waiting to see approach. I have no bold predictions either way for either of these teams because with Minnesota, my only concern is come playoff time with Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns defensively. We saw how it was in Utah, right, with Rudy Gobert. It can be played off. So that's what I want to see. How do they handle the playoff situations, right? And so – Great regular season right now, but come playoff time, I want to see it. That's that's my comment on Minnesota. But yeah, they 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 deserve to be in a conversation of uh, Western Conference contenders for sure. But I'm not ready to make that statement that they're going to beat Denver in a seven game series. I don't think they will. Yeah, it's it's a the Timberwolves. There, I don't want to predict them to beat Denver, but the possibility is there because they they had some good games with them last year. Yeah, they're a much better team this year. Yeah. Um. The thing I will say, them having Jaden McDaniels and Ant playing defense on the wing puts them in a much better position than Utah because Utah, like, I feel like they were leaving Gobert out the dry. It's like, yeah, we're going to let our man go by us and we're going to let you stop him. Uh-huh. And that's not like, in theory, in your head, it sounds good. Yeah, we got this seven foot guy who's great at defense. Let's send everybody to him. It sounds good in your head. But when you look at it, man, he's getting into foul trouble. He's going to get tired having to worry about, you know, defending guys coming at him all game. Like, these guys are still human at the end of the day, and that's why it's a team sport. You know what I mean? Everybody has to do their part. Um, I just feel like them, they have a great team as it is right now. I think they need to upgrade Mike Conley, though. Like, Mike Conley, he's a good vet, but in the playoffs at this age, I feel like he'll get exposed somehow, some way. You know what I mean? So – like they need to get an upgrade at point, and I don't know how easy that's going to be for them because point guards are, you know, if you are a good point guard in the league right now, you're staying on your team most likely, unless you have some controversy or you demand a trade. Mm-hmm. So they do have a good bench, though. They have a good bench. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm not picking them to go to the finals, but they're definitely in the mix. So we'll yeah, see. my my question with Minnesota, I, I think I was talking to my talking to somebody about this too. Okay, they're doing great this year, but then what? Like Mike Conley is mid-30s, right? So how do you – to me, Mike Conley was the guy that – the veteran that you add to a young team to help them get to the next level. He's done that, right? They've done that. And so now what? He's only getting older. And so at a certain point, knowing the game today, almost every team has that guy at the point guard spot. Where do you go to improve that, right? You're not going to get a high draft pick because you're winning. Free agency-wise, I don't know who you're bringing in to go to Minnesota – and so now the front office, the scouting, they have to get creative to figure out how can we land a, a top 
starting caliber point guard in the draft, figure it out or make a trade. But I don't know that trade isn't there right now. I know that for a fact. I don't think anybody's rushing to give Minnesota a top point guard right now. It's just not yeah. happening. I don't know what and they so do. Minnesota has to figure out where do we take this? Because the key for Minnesota is how do we keep Anthony Edwards? Right. Like, this year is cute and all, but if you don't win a championship or make a finals run or Western conference finals run, then what? What happens next year? Are you a perennial top seed in the Western Conference right now? I don't know because I don't know what this roster looks like in two years. Is this sustainable? I don't know. Shout out to Nas Reed, too. I like him. He's one of my favorite players on that team, actually. Dude, he's been playing good off the bench. Man. He's, he's been balling. And if Cat – look, I want, if <clears throat> Carl Anthony Towns, I think he's in his perfect perfect role now. He was never meant to be the main guy. To me, he falls in love with the outshot shot too much. And so, to me, that's a weakness for this team as well. Um I got to see him step up in the playoffs. I don't I don't question Anthony Edwards. I don't question Nas Reed. I don't question Mike Conley. I don't question McDaniels. It all comes down to the two, to the two big guys. If they're at their best, the Minnesotas are forced to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Of course they are. Um, just wait and see. Just like Philly, I'm going to wait and see. So that's why tonight's game is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. I'm still not going to say Philly is better than Milwaukee or Boston. I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm just not. I still think Milwaukee is the team to beat. Yeah. And it, what's crazy is, you know, they've been – Dame hasn't even played to his potential. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's been playing, you know, below his standards. Mm -hmm. So once he gets clicking – and we're not even thinking about Middleton because I don't know if he'll ever get back to what he Probably could not. because of his injury. But that team is still dangerous. Like, I still yeah. think they're the team to beat, if you ask me, man. No, nah, I mean – they have that guy who just shifts the energy on the floor, who's dominant. You can feel his force, sort of like the Shaq type of energy, and that's Giannis. No other team in the East has that, right? I mean, Joel is a great player, but we're talking about, like I said, that championship mentality, that drive, that energy that you just you just know, you feel the presence. Giannis is different, man. Whenever at any given moment Giannis can say, give me the ball, I'm, I'm attacking the hoop, and you're not going to stop me. Like, that's Shaq-level dominance that Giannis displays sometimes. And so the fact that they have that, they have a Bobby Portis, who the Sixers don't have a guy. The Six that's what they're missing. They're missing a Bobby Portis. Not only is he an enforcer and a guy who is going to stick up for his teammates and just provide toughness and energy, he can make a bucket. He can get a bucket, too. Right. We like had that P.J. Tucker, but he wasn't making buckets. <laughs> he wasn't making the bucket. P.J. Tucker got as many points as we got. Just, <laughs> right, you know what I mean. Like, when's the last time he scored a bucket? I couldn't tell right. you. He's not right. even playing right now. Just strictly missed the cardio, and so that's what the Sixers are missing—that presence. Who can also hoop? Right. You have a Patrick Beverly. Who I mean, Beverly can hoop, right? But he's not like, oh, watch out, like you know, he's iffy sometimes. Some days he might knock down a three. Sometimes you don't know. It's shaky right now with him. So the fact that they have a guy like Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez is still knocking down shots, right? Like, um, and so to me, what think the thing with Boston is they're talented. I don't know if you saw that possession last night against the Warriors. They missed like two, three, three-pointers. They just kept jacking them up. That's, up the game jacket three. that's what their downfall is. Mm -hmm. They don't know when to say, okay, enough's enough. Let's attack. And it's confusing because Tatum at 6'10 with his skills and Jalen Brown – you would think they would attack more when the shot's not falling, but they've fallen so much in love with the three-pointer. I don't think that's a winning. You're not going to win a championship with that. And Porzingis hangs out at the three and Horford. And Porzingis is always missing games because of, you know, it's physical. So he, 
And if if Porzingis is out or Horford is out, their front court is done. Don't talk to me about Luke Cornett. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like Peyton Pritchard, Sam Hauser off the bench. The bench is like, and so to me, that's the downfall of Boston, Milwaukee. I would, I trust out of all the teams in the East, I trust Milwaukee more because they've done it and they have the makeup. Like Dame is ready to win a championship. He wants it. And so, yeah, I trust Milwaukee, right? If I had to make a pick, it would be Milwaukee. But we'll see. I mean, look, got a full, still got a full season left, man. Still got the trade deadline. The trade deadline will dictate a lot when it comes to Philly, the Lakers, maybe the Warriors make a deal. I don't know, OKC. And so I think a lot of teams will be aiming to sort of get themselves in a position to make a conference finals run. Because once you get to the conference finals, just, just give yourself a chance. You never know what can happen. So to me, there's a handful of teams that I think they're saying to themselves, if we add this player, if we make this tweak, we're in that conversation. So that to me over the next couple of months, that's what we look forward to. So thanks. Thanks y'all for watching. Once again, like us on YouTube or on Apple podcasts, enjoy these NBA games on Christmas day on Monday, five games from noon until late night. So uh, Merry Christmas. Enjoy the holidays with your family and friends. And uh, we'll be back next year. This is our last year of 2023. Thank you for rocking with us this year. And we'll be back for sure in 2024. All right. Peace out.